On this episode of the podcast, Lance tries to convince me his is as long as Drake's, but gets thoroughly <laughs> embarrassed when his little carrot stick breaks. Welcome to my party. We're just getting started. A life is a dream. Welcome back to another episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. As that band Stains once said, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. That's I'm Matt. Matt. <laughs> I promise yeah. you I did not forget how to do this. <laughs> and I'm Lance. And just so you know, my wife loves my carrot stick. Yeah. But um, sorry, it's been a while. We've been away. Family things, holidays, craziness, sick kids, um, just the life we both live now. So we promise. Yeah. I know a broken record. We promise to give you more of a regular schedule moving forward. Now I think both of our our schedules are clearing up a bit now since the holidays are over. Um. So hopefully a little bit clearer, but I can't commit to anything. I, I come on here every week and I'm like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. more consistency, more consistency. <laughs> then it's like three weeks a month. I was looking at it was like a month ago that you recorded your last episode. I was like, God damn it. We got to record an episode this coming week. <laughs> but I hope everyone's doing great. Um, Hope you're, how are you, Lance? How's things? I'm good, except I think I broke my toe yesterday. Ooh, that sucks. Yeah, the whole bottom of my foot's all bruised and the top of my foot's all bruised. And I guess if it's the bottom and the top, my my whole foot is bruised. <laughs> but it fucking hurts, dude. Because you can't leech off my direct TV anymore. I know. Like my son heart, of a bitch. My heart bruised. Yeah. Fucking I broke up. Shut that me. shit off because that's fucking highway robbery, dude. What you were telling me, what you pay? 200 bucks for one TV. I mean, I granted, I have the access to like their streaming app through all my other TVs, but 200 bucks, man, for, and I don't watch that many channels. I can only watch like a handful of channels. Oh so. yeah. I, I go on, like, we'll go through all our streaming services. I'm like, fuck, I can't find anything to watch. All right. Well, let's go see what's on that direct TV thing and see if there's anything. There's shit, dude. There's nothing yeah. like and anybody that buys tv for anything other than sports like it makes absolute no sense to me when streaming services are so readily available well i watch a lot of stuff on live tv but i don't watch live tv anymore like i dvr it and i go back and watch it later because mm -hmm. most of my time it's my kids watching my kid watching bluey or yeah. you know yo gabba gabba or my tv is just purely dominated by my child i know i'm not alone in that boat but yeah and you can't really like move that box around right like it's just stuck on that tv and it's not right, like a yeah. fucking google chrome stick or something you can just go plug in right TV. yeah so it's it's dated technology in my opinion like satellite dishes and standard cable television is just dated technology and it's become to the point where they charge so much for it and there's so many things that are available for free. Like, it's just, it's bullshit. And a lot of it has to do with so many people cutting the cord. You know, that was a yeah. big term used, you know, six to 10 years ago, cutting the cord. 
But the sports thing is way behind you. They have not figured that shit out. Well, the NFL has. I mean, you have the NFL Sunday ticket on DirecTV, or not DirecTV, but on uh, YouTube TV now. That was a big selling point for me to make the switch to YouTube TV. Yeah. Um, they yeah. have the Super Bowl is going to be in 4K on YouTube TV, which is not on DirecTV. So it's, or, so it's like, all right. So it's, it, it's a lot of incentive for me to make the switch and just. I've Isn't had it going to be on 4K so on Paramount? Uh, I think so. On Paramount Plus, right? I think so. Yeah. But yeah. still, like. I get all the channels I want on YouTube TV for a fraction of the price. Like I'll, yeah. I'll put money in my pocket. What did you say you were paying for YouTube TV and HBO max? Like 85 bucks. <laughs> and you get the 4k package, right? Uh, I don't right now. I'm going to, that's an extra five bucks. So it'd be like 90 bucks. And I think that. with the 4k package, if I'm not mistaken, so you get, you get three licenses which means that you could have a license. You could give your buddy a license and another buddy a license. If you add the $5, you get to watch it on unlimited TVs within that Wi-Fi network. So that's at least how it was when I was on there. So you pay the extra five or $10, whatever it is. And then you have those three licenses, but you're not using them if you're within your Wi-Fi network. So I believe I can have up to six different accounts but I can only have three TVs streaming at the same time. Yeah. So I think with the 4K thing, it increases that. If if I haven't looked into it that much, but that's at least how it was when I the, it was unlimited streaming within your Wi-Fi network with that 4K package. So we upped to the 4K package because the the 4K aspect, because there's not a lot of content in 4K, never sold me that much. It sounds like the Super Bowl is gonna be streamed in 4K, which is nice. Mm -hmm. But for a while, it was just like nature videos for yeah. years. That's all it was. And it's like, why am I paying extra for well, even like broadcast TV? Even if you get a 4K package on direct TV, it's like bullshit stuff. It's not like you can watch CSI Miami in 4K or it's still 1080p. So it's crazy how we have 4K and 8K TVs, but the technology hasn't even caught up to that to broadcast in that yet. Yeah. And the other thing was with satellite. Like, yeah, they had 4K or with cable broadband, they had 4K. But a lot of the time, those coaxial cables and the signal coming in, like I noticed when I had 4K, it would buffer a lot. It's different than Netflix where it's like downloading before you, because it's not live, of course. Yeah. It's downloading it before you see it. So, so you're not getting that buffer issue. But if it's live television... Dude, it buffered all the time. That's disappointing for me, who's so looking forward to WWE being on Netflix starting in 2025. What you may see is that they may have, it's my understanding that it's better, and it may be that you have a 5 to 10 second delay on the 4K thing so that they can overcome that, that buffering issue. So I would try it just to see how it is, but... Isn't uh WWE isn't it streamed on a on a streaming network now? Uh they have their uh catalog and premium live events on Peacock. That's what I thought. Um, but Peacock. they still have Raw on USA, SmackDown on Fox, and NXT on USA. But come later this year, 
uh smackdown's going to usa nxt is going to the cw and then starting in 2025 raw monday night raw will be exclusive to netflix to netflix yep so they will be streaming raw every week on netflix that's interesting to me too like you see it a lot more now like so they're kind of diversifying their assets right a little bit on netflix a little bit on peacock a little bit on usa network a little bit on cw whatever it may be the i've noticed that with other like franchises too so like the godzilla franchises came out right mm-hmm. they've got the monarch legacy show on apple tv they've got the godzilla movies that are all supposed to tie into each other on hbo max so it's like on all these different networks which part of me thinks oh that's smart because now there's all these different networks that are getting a little bit a bite of the apple making themselves enticing to consumers right but on the other aspect it's like well what if something like what if apple tv is not in other countries like what do you they just don't watch it well, that's why other countries stream on other things. Like a lot of HBO Max stuff streams on Netflix in other countries or mm. or things like that. Like they're international. Like so like this WWE new WWE deal, Netflix will carry everything from if you're outside the North America. International. Yes. And then America still has Peacock until I think their deal goes through 2026 or something like that. And I'm that I'm sure everything will make the transition to Netflix after that. But right now, five billion dollars for Monday Night Raw, not a bad gig. You think that's worth it? Five billion? Oh yeah, dude. WWE is it, after the the sale to TKO, and now that I know the Vince McMahon shit is out of control right now, um, but WWE is is hotter than ever right now. And it's always oh, a hot property. So because it, it was think... on a decline for a couple of years recently. Yes, it was. And then a lot of things have changed and a lot of uh the um products creative has changed. So it's de- like dude, it's dominated. I went from where I would just DVR it and skim through everything to everything that's gone on the last two weeks has dominated like my media viewing. I'm watching the programs from start to finish again. I'm watching updates online. Like there's just so much stuff on WWE going on. Like it really makes me want to start a WWE show on this channel, but I'm like, when I'm I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm like, when am I going to find the time to do this? My wife already gets mad that I do three shows now as it is. Three shows. Yeah. I know of two. What's the third one. So I'm doing a, uh, I'm part of the hot 10 list on Renovision on Friday nights. We'd record Thursdays. Then this show, and then the uh, Saturday Night Special. Oh, the Hot Ten show—that's the for comic books. Yeah, is that a spec yeah. show? Uh, not really. It's just going over the the hottest books that have been selling this week, which is something that we were doing at the end of this show. Yeah, for, for a, while. a while. But I always thought it would make a a good singular show, like. Yeah, and that's what they do over there. It's just a singular show. Hmm. but but uh well that's good i mean i'm i'm not a wd wwe fan but i appreciate it and i and i constantly find clips online like 
Is there a clip going around like uh, The Rock was yelling at Triple H? Yeah. So shit. Is that real? Yes, it is. It happened yesterday at a press conference. But he's he's actually pissed or is it an act? So it's part of a storyline. The Rock now Vince McMahon has a bunch of uh, sex trafficking allegations coming out against him. Yeah. Um, And a lot of crazy, just despicable shit. So um he got replaced on the board of directors for tko by the rock so the rock is now a member of the board of tko over wwe and he was brought back in for when we had just had the wrestlemania or royal rumble so we're on the road to wrestlemania or heading to wrestlemania season so the rock was supposed to be um well cody rhodes who's a huge face in the company and fan favorite won the royal rumble and doing so gives him his shot or choice of who he wants to face at WrestleMania, be it Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship or Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. And what was going on is The Rock kind of came back and said, well, since they're co- him and Roman Reigns are cousins in real life, he wants to face Roman Reigns versus The Rock at WrestleMania to make WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia the biggest WrestleMania of all time. Well, the fans that have been following Cody through this whole because he won the royal rumble last year lost at wrestlemania then he's got this whole thing where he's chasing this title that his dad the american dream dusty Rhodes, held and then took got taken away from him he's chasing that title to finish his story to hold the title that his dad never held and so roman or so cody won the the royal rumble again this year two years in a row is wants to face roman but the rock wanted to face roman so they like were changing so up until this point the story was Roman Cody at WrestleMania. Well, then the rock came back out of nowhere. And then it was like, Oh, well now it's going to be rock Roman at WrestleMania. And Cody's going to just fight Seth for like the secondary title. And then the fans got pissed. Like it was a huge outcry from WWE wrestlers, from fans, everything the last week that started this hashtag. We want Cody thing. And like, no matter what the rock posted on social media, it was just destroyed with hashtag. We want Cody posts. So they pivoted yesterday at a press conference to make it where the rock, it, it, when the rock was coming out, he made it look like he wanted to feud with Roman Reigns and an issue with Roman Reigns. Well, they pivoted yesterday and now it looks like the rock has turned heel and him and Roman Reigns are on the same time and the same side against Cody. So at the press conference yesterday, Roman was talking about their, their bloodline and their, or, or, sorry, the rock was talking about their bloodline and their family and his grandfather and Roman insulted, insulted Cody's dad. So Cody insulted roman's grand roman and rock's grandfathers so then the rock got pissed and slapped cody and then it started this whole like big scrum at this press conference and so triple h was doing an interview in the back and the rock walked past and was like you need to fucking fix this and he disrespected my family if that happens again i'm gonna smack his fucking teeth out of his mouth because triple h is the ceo the chief like chief officer of creative or something like that so he's like head of creative now so it's yeah it's it's within the storyline, but it's definitely dominated the mainstream media the last week and a half with all of this. So is it real or fake? It's fake. It's all it's wrestling. It's all it's fake. Scripted. Yeah. Okay. Cause that whole exchange in the back looked really real. <laughs> no, it, they're just blurring the lines, H. man. They're well, yeah, the, it's him and his character, like his his heel character. 
So it's just really blur, like blurring the lines. I just, I have a hard time with that. Cause like the rock seems like a genuinely nice dude. Like in, in most of his interactions. I mean, what did he do um, with Mr. Beast? Mr. Beast is like, Hey, if you do this, I'll, I'll donate a million dollars to charity of your choice. And he was like, okay, well I'll, I'll double it. Like he just does shit like that. Like often. And then you see him on the show, get an all hyphy, which is a term that we used when I was a kid, boys and girls. <laughs> I don't know if that's still a term. Is that still a term hyphy? No. <laughs> so um, it's just co- completely contrary to the person that I think he is. So, when I saw that, it looked believable. Any other time I see him being a dick, I'm like, oh, that's not believable. He's not a dick. No, you got to separate the the character of The Rock versus the person of Dwayne Johnson. I understand that like it's easy to, to mix because he goes by Dwayne The Rock Johnson or everyone refers to him as Dwayne The Rock Johnson. But you got to separate. Like The Rock is that, that WWE aspect where he could be face or heel, good guy or bad guy at any time. And then you have the Dwayne, you have Dwayne Johnson, which is his, who he is in his everyday life. So, well, Dwayne Johnson seems like a good dude. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for the most part, yeah, for sure. I mean, he does a bunch of kids' movies. He always seems to be. He kind of reminds me of like RDJ or Chris Evans. They just seem like good dudes in real life. I mean, he, uh, he. Uh, I want to say he makes missteps sometimes. Like he's generally a good dude, but like when him and Oprah came up with like that people's fund of Hawaii or whatever, after the fires and like begging people for money. And you're like, you're billionaires or millionaires asking people like middle-class people that are struggling to pay for groceries to feed their own family for money for this. And, And you know, it's, it is really tone deaf. Alyssa Milano. Sometimes he's very tone deaf. That's, my biggest thing with the rock is like a well, lot I of think, times he is. I think when you have that much money, for it's the easy most to become part, tone deaf. yeah, for the most part, most of these people seem tone deaf. I mean, that's you my have whole, a whole argument with problems that aren't is like that aren't first world problems or that aren't like the same as the you're not worrying about how am I paying my bills today or how am I putting food on the table? You know, you're you have a whole different set of problems, I'm sure not saying that being rich is easy but definitely makes life a lot more fun yeah i don't uh, what's that da- uh daniel tosh joke i've never seen anybody frown on a jet ski right <laughs> it's a great joke but uh no it, it's kind of like i hear and i'm not trying to get into a political thing i i try to remain on you don't know what side of the aisle i'm on right but you hear all these rich people saying, oh, the economy is great. Well, have you been in a grocery store lately? Yeah. Because charging me $5 for one apple does not seem like it's that great. Right. You know what I mean? So it, it's just a lot of tone deaf stuff. Alyssa Milano was in the news because she was asking for money for her nephew or something like that. And you're like, bitch, you were on Charles in Charge. You were, or who's the boss? Which one was she on? Who's the boss? Who's the boss? You were on Charmed. You were on all these things. You've been uh, a notable actress for decades. And you're asking for money from people that are worried about how they're going to put gas in there. It just seems 
it just seems really tone deaf to me. Yeah, I agree. But, um, and she got blasted online. I don't know if you've seen any of that. Absolutely blasted. Yeah. So be careful who you're asking money, you know, and I don't know her situation. I choose to stay out of those conversations. I don't know her situation. Maybe she's flat broke from dumb decisions she's made. I don't know, but you always got to remember perception is nine tenths of the law. Yeah. But moving on from complaining about that kind of stuff. Um, we had a lot <laughs> of stuff about going on. Yeah, we had a lot of stuff going on while we were gone. Uh, we recently had the uh, Paramount reveal of uh, our first look at Knuckles, the series spinning out of the Sonic the Hedgehog universe. I'm so fucking excited. Are you, you excited? Watch I watched the trailer. I watched it this morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm, I'm glad that all the original voice actors from the movies are back. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't I'm see glad. any Jason Marsden, though. No, you did not say see him, but you saw... The, the actress that plays his wife and his deputy and it's james marsden what did i uh, say jason jason who's jason marsden i feel like that's i don't a know person. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you don't see james marsden but you do see tails you see sonic you see no jim carrey dr robotnik um but sticking with that we got the uh the reveal that he is returning jim carrey is returning for sonic 3 um jason marston is an actor he voiced max in a goofy movie he's from step oh, okay. by step i knew oh, that i wasn't okay. i knew that i wasn't fucking making that shit up <laughs> yeah he played the little nerdy guy in uh full house that dj was dating too um yeah all right I can't think of continue it. i'm sorry <laughs> that was gonna drive me but back. yeah we got the the jim new jim carrey's coming back for, to reprise his role as dr robotic Robotnik Eggman, Eggman Robotnik in, in Sonic uh, 3. Sonic and Shadow or Sonic 3, whatever you want to call it. Which is um, um which is uh good in my opinion because he often said after Sonic 2 he was gonna retire. Yeah. And that was a big question of how are they gonna continue this story without I mean, they don't kill Dr. Robotnik at the end of the second one. Mm -hmm. So how does that work? So I'm happy about it. We have had, uh, we got our first look at Tales from the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I'm not a fan of the art style on it. I'm glad to see that they got the voice actors back from the movies and all that, but I'm not a big fan of the art style on it. Yeah, can I just say something? Because that's what I was going to bring up when you when you brought up the, the Knuckle show. The animation or the art style is the same. There's going to be a seamless transition from the two Sonic movies to the Knuckles TV show, it seems like. Mm -hmm. This is supposed to fall in the vein of Mutant Mayhem, but they changed the art style. And I don't think I'm a fan of it, that the fact that they changed it. I wish they would have kept it, um, you know, a cohesive through the whole thing. But I'm sure that's going to get expensive. I'm sure 2D animation is probably a lot less expensive than I, CGI. I don't know if know, that's true. Generation of everything. I don't know if that's true because 2D animation, first of all, a lot of it's done with computers now, right? The other thing is 2D animation. They had to create a whole new, um, you know, template for the 2D animation, right? 
the 3D animation, once you have the model, so they have the models created for the TV show. Once you have the model and you put it into your, you know, whatever they use, I, I'm sure it's not Unreal Engine, but it's it's something like that, right? Some sort of Dreamweaver or something like that. Once you have the model of the character and you have all his joints and everything worked out, it should be easy just to transpose that into new scenes, right? Yeah, at that point, I'm sure it is. Like the first Toy Story took much longer than probably the second Toy Story because they had half of it already made. They just had to make the, you know, the the extra supporting character. But you don't have as much detail in the 2D animated movie or animated show as you do in the movies. Like there, it, you look at it, there's not as much detail. It's very dumbed down. Very much looks like a, a high schooler did it. Like, yeah, and that that's my issue with that art style. I I completely agree with you. But if if and maybe somebody in the comments can help me understand it. But with two D animation, if it's hand drawn, like the old Walt Disney, we've all seen behind the scenes of like Snow White and stuff. Every frame is drawn. Mm -hmm. But with three D animation, it's a model that you are telling like move your arm here, and it'll move its arm there right yeah isn't that how i works? don't know how the inner the inner workings of it go because i'm not in that business um but i would just i just think that it, it seems like 3d animation takes a lot longer than 2d animation but essentially like the first time around because but then like you look at like like i don't know bluey for instance and once 2d i think once they have that char that character model done like you were saying, they could just transpose it from scene to scene and and move it in programs and things like that to where it might be a little bit more. I think with I don't know, I don't know how the I, I don't know how they do it with three D animation. So I just think there's a little bit there's a lot more detail that goes into the three D animation. Like if you look at the movie Mutant Mayhem and the trailer we got for this first this first sneak peek trailer we got for. Um, tales from the teenage mutant ninja turtles it the art style is just atrocious but i mean we had a whole nickelodeon show that was computer ninja turtles and we've seen computer television shows before i mean i can't think of any right off the top of my head well i mean sonic is half you know 3d and Bluey, I don't know if you saw that episode where at the end of the episode, it shows them creating a scene. Have you seen that? Yep. Mm -hmm. That's all computer too. Like they just dragged yeah. and dropped like mouths in and like different. That's, well, that's because they have it all the character models and all that already drawn up. But they had to create all new character models for this for Ninja Turtles, yeah. right? Because nothing we haven't seen anything. They had a whole movie with the character models already built. I yeah. just I. I'm a big proponent of keeping tone and keeping art style when it comes across movies. That was our big argument with the DCU for many years. You remember mm -hmm. is you have Batman, which is super dark and gritty. And then you throw in Shazam, which is bright and borderline a Marvel movie. They have Wonder Woman that has a completely different tone. And then when you got to Justice League, it made the whole thing feel really disjointed, right? Because you were throwing all these different characters in that don't share any sort of, of tone or depth, 
you know, across franchises and you're and you're throwing them into an event where they all have to match a singular tone, you know, which is different from the Avengers movies. The the Marvel movies, like you watch Iron Man and then you go to Captain America, there's there it's not jarring, right? Yeah. One to the other. And I and I feel that's why it works is that 23 how many movies they have now? 26 movies or something ridiculous maybe Um, maybe over 30 i have no idea but every movie feels like a continuation of the last movie there's no like i mean the only outlier is werewolf by night but they did that to be artsy and different right yeah but that's a good uh, sagu because we also had the Disney earnings call a couple days ago. And so my shirt. See. Bob Iger, we got the announcement that Moana 2 is coming this year, November of this year. My wife and child were super excited for that. Can I tell you, without you thinking less of me, I'm excited about that. I love Moana. <laughs> um, You're trying to find so, the words to say. <laughs> no, no, no. Why do I care? Um, so... Consequently, though, that is going to push Dwayne The Rock Johnson's live Moana from 2024 to 2025. I believe it's pushing it back a year. But we also uh, had the definitive MCU timeline released. Oh, I hadn't seen that. So now um, the definitive timeline in watching order goes Captain America, the first Avenger, Agent Carter, Captain Marvel, Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, the uh, Edward Norton Hulk. Uh, then you got the Thor's hammer short. Then you get uh, Thor. Um, then you have Avengers. Then you have um, the Agent 47 short. You have Thor, the Dark World. Then Iron Man 3. Then uh, All Hail the King. That's that uh, short the with the, Mandal- um, the Mandarin. Mandarin, yep. Then you have Captain America 2, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Then you have I Am Groot Season 1 and 2. Then they've added the Netflix shows. You have Daredevil Season 1, Jessica Jones Season 1, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, Daredevil Season 2, Luke Cage Season 1, Iron Fist Season 1, The Defenders, Civil War, Black Widow, after Civil War. They're acknowledging The Defenders? They are. Um, so then they have Black Widow after uh, Civil War, followed by Black Panther, then Spider-Man Homecoming, Punisher Season 1, Doctor Strange Number 1, Jessica Jones Season 2, Luke Cage Season 2, Iron Fist Season 2, Daredevil Season 3, Thor Ragnarok, Punisher Season 2, Jessica Jones Season 3, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Avengers Endgame, or sorry, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, Loki Season 1, What If Season 1, WandaVision. So it's interesting that Loki Season 1 and What If go before WandaVision. Then you have Shang-Chi, then Captain America, then um, Falcon Winter Soldier. Then you have Spider-Man Far From Home, Eternals. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, then Hawkeye, then Moon Knight, then Wakanda Forever, Echo. It's interesting that Echo goes after Wakanda Forever, but before She-Hulk. Then you have Miss Marvel, 
then Thor Love and Thunder, then Werewolf by Night, then the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, then Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania, then Guardians 3, then Secret Evasion, then the Marvels, then Loki Season 2. So Loki Season 2 comes after, takes place after the Marvels in the timeline. And then What If Season 2. Where was No Way Home? No Way Home is um, right after Black Panther. Black Panther. So did they... But before Punisher Season 1. Did they... Was No Way Home before or after Doctor Strange? Um, No Way Home is before Doctor Strange. Multiverse. No, before the first Doctor Strange. No Way Home is before the first Doctor Strange? No Way Home takes place before the first Doctor Strange. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking Homecoming. My bad. My bad. I'm thinking Homecoming. Um, No Way Home. That's an interesting list because No Way Home's not on this list. What? No Way Home would take place right after Endgame. No. No Way Home. Yeah, No Way Home's not on this list. Hmm. Does that Does that strike you as odd? That No Way Home is on is not on there. Yes, it would. Yes, it does. Their biggest movie since Endgame. Right. That's that's interesting that it's not on this list. Because I was going to ask you, like, because I, I was trying to hear where you said No Way Home, and I didn't catch it. Obviously, now we know why. And I was trying to hear if they retroactively said, "Okay, it happened after Multiverse," because. Originally, Multiverse of Madness was supposed to happen before No Way Home. Sony got their panties in a bunch and had them release it for a Christmas movie. Right? And then they had to do reshoots for Doctor Strange. or Right? They added that scene where he's talking about Spider-Man or whatever. But Multiverse of Madness was supposed to lead into No Way Home. Yeah, No Way Home is... That's interesting. No Way Home is not on this list. And this came directly from Disney. This is the new MCU Disney Plus timeline. Yep. Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man Far From Home. That sounds like... Yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home is not on this list. So I wonder if there's a reason for that. That that sounds like it deserves a... Twitter. But I think, I mean, just given it, what happens in it, you're, um, and I'm going to say it takes place after Internals, but, but, you know, I would put it right between Eternals and Doctor Strange. It's clear that it, I mean, break it down. It's clear that it takes place before Hawkeye because Hawkeye takes place at Christmas, which is the same time that of No Way Home ends. Did you get that scene of Peter in his new suit swinging through? Um, and it's Christmas time. Rockefeller Center and it's Christmas time and they got the big Christmas tree. So it's obviously its place in that timeline is going to be um, right after Eternals, but before Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and Hawkeye. So are you watch? Are you reading this from um, Digital Spy? No. Okay, so digitalspy.com. I don't, I don't know this website. 
has No Way Home listed on it. Right after Hawkeye, before Moon Knight, as number six. So that's that's not right then, because it's going to be before Hawkeye. Because if if Multiverse of Madness is before Hawkeye, Spider Man takes place before Multiverse of Madness because it's referenced the events of Spider Man Far From Home. Or sorry, No Way Home. God damn it, too many homes. I think this is an old list. The events of. Spider-Man No Way Home are talked about by Doctor Strange at the beginning of Multiverse of Madness. Which was added retroactive or is it retroactively? Is that the right word? Yeah. So ipso facto it takes place before Hawkeye. Before New MCU timelines arrive on Disney Plus. So I'm on the actual Marvel site. So let's go Yeah, so this, so I'm on the Marvel site, and it says Spider-Man Far From Home, Eternals, Multiverse of Madness, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Black Panther. There's, there's no no way home no on there. Spider-Man. I, I would just wonder if that's a, a mix-up or what. See, it seems weird that they would forget their billion-dollar movie. Right. But not only did we get that, we got a uh, word from uh, Disney boss, old uh, Billy Bob Iger, that uh, Marvel is Marvel Studios will be shifting focus to stronger franchises, and he was wow. very vague about this. Um, he just said in his remarks that, um. He said, commenting on the future of Disney, Bob Iger's statement mostly focused on things that would handle for upcoming Disney and Pixar features. Briefly talking about the future of Marvel Cinematic Universe, he stated, the Marvel Studios is starting to focus on some of its stronger franchises going forward, but I'll leave it at that. This is a mid-confirmation uh, that the overwhelming majority of the upcoming projects from Disney and Pixar will be sequels to fan favorites, with Iger's words suggesting a similar fate for Marvel. So does that mean we're about to get a shakeup of the timeline that was released? Do, does that mean maybe we're not getting an Iron Heart? Does that mean maybe we're not getting a lot of this these movies um, that were promised to us? Like, are we still getting a Blade? Are we still? Which I'm, I'm sure we are because I think that's you know that's been talked about for a while. But maybe we're not going to see a lot of these more obscure characters and maybe we're going to start seeing less disney plus shows covering these lesser known heroes and maybe we're going to see a a deadpool 4 and we're going to see cap 4 and thunderbolts and another avengers i mean those are your your heavy hitter pro another spider-man more heavy hitting projects like we are bob i i just find his comments very interesting to say we're going to focus Shift focus to stronger franchises. So does that mean no more Ant Man and Wasp? Movies? Well, Ant Man, Ant Man. I feel like Ant it has Paul Rudd. That is a strong franchise. It's just Quantum Mania was not that great. That pretty. I mean, I would say that pretty much. You know, writes off getting a sequel to Eternals, right? Pretty much guarantee we're never going to see a sequel to Eternals now. Yeah, which is which is crazy to me because there's so many open ends and they were they were focusing so much on the um what was the Eternals? Was it the cosmic line? Yeah. 
mm-hmm. they're just going to leave those like i want explanation i mean they were going to introduce harry styles in the next eternals which is the biggest name in pop music not named taylor swift right yeah so so i'm I'm tweeting kevin feige he's not called tweeting what do they call it xing you're xing <laughs> any reason why no way home is not included in the official mcu timeline hashtag looking for a comment let me know if he responds to you I've gotten responses from some of these people before, like, um, but not as big as Kevin Feige, I think. Uh, but I've gotten responses from like Jason Mewes and well, Kevin yeah. Smith and stuff. That's they're not. They don't have fucking Kevin Feige ask business going on, my man. I know. Well, I just said I don't know if I. I can't <laughs> recall if I've ever gotten anything big. I have well, gotten like, responses from like Green Day gotten responses from like green day i've gotten responses from mark you got responses like, from their publicists well probably you're probably correct but jason muse doesn't have a publicist does he i'm sure he does but i know he handles all of his own social media so he was super nice to jason muse did i yeah. tell you what had happened yeah we went to that movie and and we were supposed to get that free poster and they didn't give us the free poster so i tweeted jason muse he's like i'm so sorry like please let me know if you're unable to get it, you know, and, and they gave it to me once we asked him about it, but, but he was, he was so sweet about it. <laughs> I felt bad for tweeting him in the first place. Yeah. He's probably like, you fucking chump. I got nothing to do with this. <laughs> but I mean, looking at, so looking at this, we're already deep into phase five because phase five was quantum media, secret invasion, guardians, three echo Loki season two marvels. So the remainder of phase five is blade iron heart, which we have not heard anything about that. Agatha, which I'll be okay if that goes away. Daredevil Born Again. Captain America, New World Order. Um, and then Thunderbolts. And then, of course, Phase 6, we've got Fantastic Four, Avengers, Kang Dynasty, or whatever they're going to call that now, and then Secret Wars. I think they should just recast Kang. Well, it's not that hard. It's not like that's what they're going to do. Kang takes on a bunch of different, in the comics at least, he he takes on a bunch of different embodiments, doesn't he? Like he never looks the same. uh, Correct. So why don't they just cast five or six actors to play him as a, as a, you know, group? I think it'd be really easy to convince five or six big name actors like, Hey, you want to be part of this franchise, but are you unable to, you know, commit to five, six, seven movies? Like, how about you play the same character as six, six other people. And we have you play one or two movies, you know? Cause I think you're getting into a lot of like contract negotiations and different contracting and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, I think the contracts would be easier. Like, could you imagine Kang being played as, as a consensus? Like say you get Matthew McConaughey as one version of version of Kang. And then you get like Denzel as another version of Kang. And then you get fucking, um, I don't know who's another big actor. You could even go as far as to get like, well, there's never any female versions of Kang. Has there been in the comics? Um, I don't know. 
I'm not sure if there is, but you could get some, you could have a whole diverse cast just playing one character. Yeah. I think that'd be cool, man. And then have one scene where all six of them or all seven of them are in one scene together playing the same character. I think that'd be, that'd be cool, man. Again, I think that's a lot of contracts to work out a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, but I think I think that you would be much it'd be much easier to get a big name actor to do that because they're not committing to 10 plus movies. They're committing to two or three. But the the issue is do you want the big name actors still or do you want to shift focus back to what Marvel what made Marvel the Marvel formula the no name actor? Well, I think in this situation because there is so much controversy surrounding Jonathan majors and everything that happened with them. I think this is the unique situation where they need a big name actor to subsequently take the focus off of why Jonathan majors is no longer playing the character. I think if you go the route of, you know, James Gunn hiring um, corn sweat or whatever his name is as Superman. <laughs> corn that, sweat. Uh, I think that's his name, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but then you got Millie Alcock as a Supergirl, so she's got a pretty big name for herself uh, in the Game of Thrones community. I had no idea who she was before uh, <laughs> before I read her casting, and I was actually rooting for Meg Donnelly because I actually know who Meg Donnelly is. Looks like you just need to brush up on your pop culture, there, Lance. I never watched Game of Thrones. I have no interest. Oh, you don't watch House of Dragon. It's so good. It's not. It's not my genre. The dragons and fucking medieval shit. It's not. So badassery is not your your genre. Got it. Just not into it, man. Not into it. Um. Plus, uh, whoever that dude is that that wrote those books is a fucking piece of shit. Anyways, what's his name? George R. Um, R. Martin. Yeah, Georgie. R.R. Marty. But, um, Martini. yeah, I find it interesting that, that No Way Home is not on this list. That's what we were getting at, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the definitive timeline is not addressing anything that has yet to come out. Well, you can't, of course, because it hasn't come out yet. Cause they don't right. want to give away what's in the works. Like, Deadpool three and which while you're watching, when you watch this about back, it's already happened, but we're heading into the super bowl and rumor has it. We're going to get our first trailer for Deadpool three during the uh, big game. I'm going to fucking cream your shorts, cream my shorts. That's the terminology I was looking for. I think that's the perfect <laughs> terminology for Deadpool three. What's cool is, isn't that the only Marvel thing we're getting this year? Yes, it is. The only thing that's going to be a change of pace. And I think that it, I think that that's smart too, because I think Deadpool three has the potential to kind of be the savior of the MCU. Now, now let me know if this is a hot take on my part, because I think Deadpool three, I think Deadpool three has a couple things going for it. First of all, the character is beloved, right? By many, the first two movies are pretty universally. I mean, the second one less than the first, but for the most part, people love those movies. Has Ryan Reynolds. Never heard a bad thing said about Ryan Reynolds, right? 
has Hugh Jackman returning in the Wolverine role. So you have that right there. And that's kind of what Spider-Man No Way Home had going for it, right? The potential of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield returning to the Spider-Man um, mask, right? Mm -hmm. So you have Hugh Jackman. You have Ryan Reynolds, who there's been reports recently that he is fighting tooth and nail with Disney to make sure that the Deadpool 3 script stays the way he wants it to stay. So they were trying to pigeonhole uh, Tatiana whatever her name is that plays She-Hulk into the script. And he said, no, fuck that. And apparently there's some discourse there that she is pissed because now she's been removed from the Deadpool three storyline. Um, and he fought, he fought Disney to keep her out of the movie. So I feel like Deadpool three has the potential to be a largely untouched work of art. If you want to call it that. Right. So it's an, it, I feel like it's going to be good enough. So it's going to get people's taste for what the MCU has the potential to be. And then you're going to have a long break of no Marvel to sour people's perception of what the franchise is. And then you're also going to give people enough anticipation. You know, it's going to be so long before the next thing comes out that I feel like it could be the point where Marvel kind of resurrects itself to overcome the, maybe that superhero fatigue. Cause we're not going to get a lot of DC stuff between anything this year, really, because James Gunn is still formulating his own plan. Right. Mm -hmm. I think this year could be, Hey, let's hold off and see if we can quell this superhero fatigue a little bit. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I think it's a lot of that, and it's uh more I think to do with the strategy Bob Iger's talking about is Marvel's taking a hit. Marvel is not the juggernaut it once was, right? And they are their last what fucking two movies, three movies have been flops. What no four movies? Uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, the Which, Marvels, and Ant Man, Quantum Media. So, yeah, four movies. Which, in hindsight, once we saw Thor: Love and Thunder, Doctor Strange is not as bad. <laughs> it's still not a great movie. No, it's not great, but it's also not bottom of the barrel. Nor is Ant Man, Quantum Mania. I mean, Ant Man, Quantum Mania is not that great, but it's not bottom of the barrel. I mean, yeah. it's in Quantum Mania, if I'm not mistaken still made decent money if i'm not mistaken and so did love and thunder for that that regard it wasn't billion dollar franchises like no way home and endgame and things like that yeah i honestly think you're gonna see robert downey jr return i don't i don't think he will just because if you do it's gonna be a variant of him um it has to be. It can't be the same one. I mean, they're not going to undo everything they did. So it's going to be a variant. But I think that the name Robert Downey Jr. just being attached to a Marvel property is going to be enough to get people excited. The one that I think there's no chance in hell that he returns is Chris Evans. I think Chris Evans is done. I don't think I think he wants to close that chapter in his life. 
but he's still he's still young to the point where he wants to go do other things. I think Robert Downey Jr. is eventually going to get to the point where he's going to lose cultural relevance, and Marvel kind of w- kind of props up that cultural relevance. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I don't. I question that because it's how much longer is RDJ looking to go? How much longer does he want to continue acting? Like, I just think there's a lot of like variables there. Well, if he wins the Oscar this year, he's going to want to continue acting. (laughs) Cause isn't he nominated for Oppenheimer? I don't know. I haven't been paying attention to, I mean, the Oscar has been that thing that's eluded him for decades. Um, and I feel like he was nominated once or maybe twice, but it's never won. And Wasn't he nominated for the uh, Charlie Chaplin movie he did. Let's see. I can't remember. Like, I don't. It's been so long. I movies this year with everything getting pushed and all this other crap with the writers and actors strikes. Like, I've not followed what's even nominated. Because I don't feel like there was very many great movies out there, which I, me and my wife saw Wonka last weekend. I enjoyed it thoroughly. You liked it? I did. I loved it. Again, Even though I'm not a big musical guy, like I could have done with a little less singing. Like I didn't think they needed to have singing like every other scene, but uh, I liked it. Well, they, it's more of a musical than the Gene Wilder movie, but the Gene yes, Wilder movie. Fact. Gene Wilder movie is still a musical. Yes, it is, but they don't sing like every other fucking scene. No, it's you know you're right, but they sing a lot. I mean, the Oompa Loompas sing every time somebody dies, or whatever happens to them. Yeah, every time so there there is a lot of singing. This one has more, but it's not. If you look at the amount of singing in this movie, it's not a big, um, it's not a big contrast to that original movie and this is supposed to be the prequel yeah to that original um so robert downey jr was nominated twice 1993 for best actor to so he lost 1993 oscar for best actor for to al pacino for scent of a woman he would earn his second oscar nomination in 2009 for the comedy tropic thunder (laughs) but the award was given to heath ledger posthumously and uh, now he is nominated for Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Did you hear the news about the Oscars? That they no. added a new role that's going to go, or a new award that's going to be, um, I guess, in twenty twenty six. They're gonna they're gonna have this new award that's best casting. So like this would open it up to maybe some blockbuster movies like. Robert Downey Jr. getting cast as Iron Man. Maybe not a Best Actor nomination, but it would be Best Casting. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Which I I can agree with that. Well, there the Oscars are starting to go down that rabbit hole of acknowledging tentpole films. And that's been my whole argument with Barbie, right? A lot of people are upset, and I'm not going to get into the feminist stuff, you know, um, because I don't have really a dog in that argument. But... A lot of people are upset that Margot Robbie was not nominated for Best Actress. I'm not because and I don't that, feel like Barbie was a movie worthy of it. Like Barbie, there was nothing groundbreaking about Barbie at all. I enjoyed Barbie, <laughs> but I I agree with you. I don't think and Greta Gerwig did not win or did not get nominated for Best Director. A lot of people are upset. 
America Ferreira and uh, Ryan Gosling were nominated for Best Supporting in their respective um, uh, nominations uh, for that movie. And that's fine. But notoriously, when it comes to Best Actor, Best Director, those tentpole franchise films have not fared well as far as getting the nominations or even if they get a nomination of winning a nomination, right? Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, I don't think it's going to win best picture. It's been not, I think it's been nominated for best picture if I'm not mistaken. Right. What Barbie Barbie. I don't think it, I don't think it was. Um, Look it Oscar up, I'm not... best picture nominations. Holdovers, which is great. American Fiction. The... I thought the last holdovers. Oh, Barbie. Yeah, Barbie's a nominee. Holdovers is fantastic. And in fact, if I... So I haven't seen all of these. Let me see. I want to... It's on my big monitor that's all the way over here, so I'm having a hard time reading it. <laughs> um, let me see. Does it say... Gosh dang it. Wikipedia sometimes sucks. All right. So best picture nominations, America fiction. I haven't seen it yet. Anatomy of a fall, Barbie, the holdovers, killers of the flower moon, maestro Oppenheimer, past lives, poor things, and the zone of interest. So really I've only seen one, two, three. I've only seen three of these movies, but when it comes to those three movies, Oppenheimer and the holdovers are better movies than Barbie. Yeah, I still haven't seen Oppenheimer. I'm waiting for that one to come out on Paramount or it's Peacock, long. whichever one. Be prepared. It's um, long. It's on my Plex then, account if you want to watch it. Um, I'm waiting for I, I, the holdovers is on Peacock. I need to watch that. Aaron and I have talked about watching that and just haven't done it yet. It's a uh, it's a slow. It's very it's it feels. I'm not sure if A24 did it, but it feels very A24, very dialogue driven, very um, situational driven. Um, but Paul Giamatti is fantastic in it, but Anna and I watched it on a whim, not knowing anything about it. We just couldn't find anything to watch. We turned it on. She fell asleep because she always does that when we watch a movie late at night. Um, but I stayed up watching the whole thing and, and it was phenomenal. Great story. But, uh, Barbie is the only one on this list that is a tent pole movie and more than likely it's not going to win. It's not going to win best picture. I don't and and I don't and as I don't think it should because I don't think it's a it it did nothing to it was a fun story but what did it really do to push the genre like it you made everything pink I I liked it and and I think maybe it wasn't your cup of tea but I walked out feeling impressed. I walked out feeling like, oh, wow, they did a really good job. They took something as nonsensical and as mundane as a Barbie doll and made a pretty good movie revolving around it. And they did it in a sense that it had political agendas attached to it, but it also didn't lean too heavily. Like it it presented arguments for both sides of political aisles. So I feel like it can it can um, appeal to to people no matter what side of the aisle they're on. There wasn't anything overtly sexual about it, so it was a good movie for 
um, you know, preteens and stuff. Like, like a lot of these Disney kid movies were are were have been way more sexual than Barbie has been, right? Mm-hmm. It, it it was just a good time. It was a good time to relax, be at the movie theater with my daughter, and and the both of us enjoy something. And she took some, she took stuff out of it differently than the stuff I took out of it, right? Yeah. Um. So so I I don't think it was a crowning achievement, but I enjoyed it. I've watched it again with my little girls because my little girls were begging me to see Barbie. Obviously, they don't understand what the hell's going on in that movie because it's not meant for little girls the the subject matter is just above their head but there was enough for them to be like oh there's a live action talking barbie on the screen and that was enough for them to remain entertained but i but i like that they took something as mundane as a doll and actually put some warmth behind it but on the same note do i think it's deserving of best picture no now i think the two people that did by far the best in that movie were nominated america ferrera and ryan gosling there's one other person that i feel like was even more was even Michael better Sarah. than yeah so there's two people actually <laughs> i had this conversation with max today there's four people in this movie that i think shine above everybody else ryan gosling america ferrera michael Sarah, and kate mckinnon not yeah, one of those people is margot robbie and it's yeah. not that she did a bad job. She did a great job. But when you watch Oppenheimer and you see Cillian Murphy do what he did, that is a crowning achievement in acting. Or just, just from the trailers that I've seen of Poor Things of Emma Stone, that to me seems like a crowning achievement. I have no and, interest in seeing that movie because Emma Stone looks so busted and gross in the movie. I think that's the point, isn't it? I know. This is, uh, uh, I know that's superficial of me, but because I'm like I'm no prize myself. Like I'm just saying, it just like it's very off-putting. Honestly, I think the movie that's going to win, I, I it comes between. I think the movie that's going to win is American fiction. Just the amount that I've heard about that movie, like killers of the flower moon does not have the same amount of um, buzz surrounding it, nor it was, does Oppenheimer. It was a but, movie that was like, it went to straight to Apple too, didn't it? American fiction. Well, no, no. killers of the flower moon. No. Cause I know that was on like Apple TV real quick. They were, they were, no, it, it just hit Apple TV like two weeks ago. No, way. for a while it was uh, longer. No, it looked like it was, but if you went in there, it would tell you what theaters was playing it. Mm. So it's been on my it's been on my watch list for months. But if you clicked in there, it would say get your tickets now. Okay. So you couldn't watch it. That's why I didn't watch it. Because it wasn't available and it, it might have been longer than two weeks. It might have been a month or something. But it was in the theaters. I think it came out in um November, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um. No, October. So it came out in October, and in fact, Max was telling me today he finally got a chance to watch it because it hadn't been available on streaming. But now it now it's on Apple TV. So, but from what I've heard, I think that the girl from Flowers of the Killer Moon is going to win supporting actress because this has been my whole argument with um or not supporting actress, uh, best actress. This has been my whole argument with the Margot Robbie thing. Okay, it's a it's a they're saying that it's sexist 
that she's not in there. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. tell you my opinion or anything about that. They're saying that it's sexist that she's not there. And maybe somebody can explain it to me. That's fine. I'm always willing to to listen and to hear people's views. It's sexist that she's not in there. Well, the the nomination field is for best actress. So there's five, six, however many women are in there. It's all women. So so she didn't get bumped for for a man to be in this. And there's one woman in there specifically, the woman from Killers of the Flower Moon. It's the first time that a Native American actress has been nominated for Best Actress. Not only that, but she's she's a plus size actress, which which adds even more um, to the to the um, uh, I don't want to say remarkable because it's not remarkable that she she's being nominated and she's plus size. That's not what I'm saying, but she does she doesn't fit that standard mold, I guess you could say. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- this is a crowning achievement as far as somebody being nominated that fits her mold like that. And by saying it's a damn shame that Margot Robbie wasn't nominated and we're going to boycott the Oscars, you are taking away any sort of accomplishments from this young lady that that's also nominated. Now, the director thing. If you want to make an argument that that's sexist because she wasn't nominated and there's only other one one other female nominated in that field and the rest is men, I don't have a, a, a dog in that fight, so I can't speak to that. I don't know, whatever. But the, the Margot Robbie thing is hard for me to wrap my brain around. Yeah. I don't know. I just... I'm fine with it, like I said, because I don't feel like she belongs there. Like, it, I don't feel like it's a movie that is Oscar worthy. I don't think it, it's anything groundbreaking. It's a pretty basic story. It's it's easy to follow. Like my twelve year old had no questions about it. Weird science esque or, um, what's the fucking movie from the eighties that the mannequin came to life. Oh, um, the it's not weird science. It's um, it's not love potion, is it? No. Um, uh, oh, it's just mannequin, nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah, Andrew McCarthy. So. <laughs> You know, it's it's a concept that's been done before with a, the spin of, like, these two separate worlds. And, like, I'm like, all right, Barbie's a toy. How are these people getting in and out of Barbie land so effortlessly? <laughs> well, it is it is fantasy. So, I mean, we never want to go down that road of how are these people getting in and out of this land or whatever when it comes to things like that. Because we literally clap our hands at a movie where a big purple alien snaps his finger and, and half the world dies. So yeah. It's like you never want to get into the feasibility argument because our whole, our whole life is, is, is predicated by these movies where we, that we watch that are not feasible. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> I never get into that argument. Now, what, I, where I do get in the argument is where plots are written that make absolutely no sense. This happens, 
and then this happens, but there's no correlation as to how how this could have happened. You know what I mean? Because nothing predicated it to make mm. that happen. That so I have issues with that as far as feasibility stuff. But yeah, as far as the fantasy thing, I, I that's just a, that's an argument I cannot win. Because you could just say, well, you watch a thing about a guy that was in the ice for sixty-seven years and then comes out and fights crime, like now you're arguing with the feasibility of a movie yeah or back to the future or ghostbusters <laughs> i don't know i i think what where that movie shines is the performances i, I think that's really where it's at I, I don't think it's story shining i think it's visually appealing i think they did a good job but the 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 performances are what are what make that movie shine. Kate McKinnon's hilarious. Michael Sarah's hilarious. Ken was absolutely hilarious. Um, Shang Chi was hilarious. Uh, you know all so the hilarious. You don't even know his name. Shang Chi. Okay, so I saw. No, no, I'm talking about the actor, not the character. Simu Simu, Simu Lu. Is that how you say it? I don't know how to say it. I just didn't um, I just didn't want to butcher his name. That's why I didn't say it. <laughs> Cuz I wasn't entirely confident. But I degrade him by just calling him Shang-Chi. Um but uh yeah, I don't know. But hell, if I if I don't have a leg to stand on, then I don't have a leg to stand on. I'm I'm very amical and being being told that I don't have a place. I don't have an argument, so whatever um speaking of oscar winners so last year the everything everywhere all at once won, which i thought was very deserving i thought that movie was great uh the actress michelle yo is that her name mm -hmm. she i just finished a show with her called the brother's son that show was fucking awesome have you heard of it um i have not on netflix so essentially um, the brother's son so she so there's this mom who's played by Michelle Yeoh and her son. And they're just leading these really mundane, you know, he's in school. She works a nursing job. This mundane life. Well, it turns out that she, that she left China. Her husband was the leader of this gang and she left her husband and her older son there so she could come down here just come to the u.s to keep her younger son protected and she knew some information she had to come down or whatever and it's just a bunch of killing and fight scenes and fucking awesomeness and it's i binged it like in two days i think fucking awesome show nice i'll have to check it out yeah so if you're into seeing blood and people's heads getting kicked in and shot in the head and all this other fucking shit um always that's a good show only always sweet i'll have to check that out yeah but, oh this uh, article just came up on my screen andre 3000 says ludicrous took his role in the fast and furious movies during colbert questionnaire yeah who cares who cares about fast and furious anymore i love those movies but did you see the one chris nolan Talking about how much he loves fast. Uh, yeah, that he likes them. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Speaking of Andre 3000, I want a sequel to Four Brothers because that movie is badass. Have you seen that one? Yeah, but aren't like, didn't one of them die? Yeah, the younger brother dies. 
the one with the Sparta tattoo on his arm. But Mark Wahlberg, Andre 3000, and uh, Tyrese Gibson. Is that the other one? Yeah. They're yeah. all still alive. They've been talking about a Four Brothers sequel for years since it first came out. And it just never got made. <coughs> but I don't know. Do you have anything else on your list? I feel like we went down on a tangent with the whole Oscar thing. No, I'm, that's that was I was just going to end it there. Um, that's kind of a, again, it's caught up in everything that can't, that happened. Uh, I was going to get, uh, I know this is going to come out after, but let's see how good we are at this. What is your final score prediction and who wins the Super Bowl? I think it's going to be Kansas City. Um, I think the end score is going to be somewhere. I'm not good with calculating exact scores. I just, I just kind of see them. I don't feel like it's going to be a terribly high scoring game. So I'm thinking somewhere around the range of like 27, 21. Um, but I think Kansas city wins by at least a touchdown. I don't think it comes down to a field goal or anything like that, but I, I truly think Kansas city is going to win. And that may be just being hopeful because I hate the 49ers. So yeah, I'm, I might be hopeful that Kansas city wins. And typically when I'm hopeful for a team to win, they don't. So, like, for instance, I rooted for your Green Bay Packers to win, and they didn't. <laughs> and then I rooted for the Lions to beat the Niners, and they didn't. What a, what a fucking fuck-up that was, the Lions. They had that game in their hand. So did the Packers. That was the same shit that happened to the Packers. You watched that same thing play out a week prior. But they completely yeah jordan love was was phenomenal these last few i mean i remember you posting at the beginning of the season this guy's a schmuck like he was the first like 10 games he was a bum but and then after he, they beat kansas city he was just roll after they beat detroit on, on thanksgiving and then kansas city he was just rolling yeah they they lit it up but i really don't want the niners to win because niners fans are so fucking annoying I think it's going to be 24-27 Niners. All right. Well, let's see what happens next week. I, I guess we have two things to talk about next week. Um, Madden Web is coming out, right? Mm-hmm. All the Super Bowl commercials. All, All the trailers Super Bowl commercials. And then we're probably going to talk about the actual game. Yeah. And then maybe we should keep a score of how many times we see Taylor Swift. Hey, can I say something about that Taylor Swift thing? What's up? I've heard so many people saying all these people are complaining about Taylor Swift. Have you heard anybody complaining about Taylor Swift being shown on the screen? Yes. I have not seen anything about people complaining about it. Yes. Like every NFL fan complains about it. It doesn't bother me. Like it's no different than anybody. Else. Like anytime there's celebrities at any game. I mean, the basketball games have been doing that for, for years. Well, I mean, basketball games, you see them sitting courtside, but like they're not panning over to the celebrities every time someone makes a big play or a touchdown. Like Travis Kelsey scores a touchdown. The first thing they do is Panda Taylor Swift celebrating in the, the box instead of what's going on on the field. And it, it, it doesn't takes bother me. Game. It doesn't bother me. It's how many touchdowns did he score in the playoffs? Three? Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I don't remember. I just but. feel like of all the arguments, of all the shit going on in the world, why is that bothering you? Who eh. the fuck cares? 
it, in my mind, it, it just brings like, I've never heard so many people that would never watch football now asking questions about football. Like that to me is, is the real win here is hell. Yeah. Let's get more football fans. Right. Let's get more people understanding yeah. football. I mean, we're not a world. It's not a worldwide sport. It's the only not worldwide sport, right? Football. If you think about it, like of all the major sports leagues that we have in the United States, it's the only one that doesn't have this worldwide reach, right? It's getting there. It's getting there, but it's nowhere near what basketball is. It's nowhere near what baseball is. Hockey wasn't even our sport. It started in another country, right? Like basketball yeah. is huge in like China. And I mean, it's in the Olympics. Baseball. There's, Baseball's huge. Half their players are from from the DR, Costa Rica, Cuba, you know, Dominican Republic. Like they're, they're half their players are coming from all these Latin countries. And basketball's huge in China. I mean, Yao Ming for years was like the number one selling jersey just because he was a Chinese guy on a professional basketball league. And the Lakers have a huge following in China. To the point where LeBron had to apologize for his Taiwan comment. <laughs> you know, football doesn't Very have John it. So, so the more eyes on football, I think is better for the league. Yeah, I agree. That's why they're playing games in Brazil next year. And yeah. we've got the London games and we've been uh, Cardinals have been playing in Mexico Germany City for years. And, yeah. But I mean, I think the problem with baseball is it's really easy to have like these international games, right? So baseball, basketball, and and maybe the basketball thing is because they do the Olympics and they're playing against all these other countries and it's world televised, you know? So ba basketball has that going for it. Baseball has like if you were to take a team and have them play in another country, it's really easy to bring a, a baseball team over because it's not the fatigue isn't there like with football, mm -hmm. but football, you fly them to London, they play a game, they fly back. They're all fatigued. Like it, it, it's, it adds a lot. That's why I'm a proponent. Like if you play a London game, your next week should be a bye week. Nah. That's why I've always been a proponent for that. They're finely tuned athletic machines that get paid millions of dollars to play a game for a living. Yeah, but they, they complain right. about it. But, Sound uh, off in the comments in our, our chat, letting us know what your thoughts on any of the topics we covered tonight are. Let me know how I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hope you enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will hopefully see you guys right back here next week. So for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt. I am Lance. And uh, keep on keeping on. Life's a garden. Dig it. <laughs> everybody love everybody. Say something nice to someone. Love we'll you your neighbor. All you freaks and geeks. Come all you freaks and geeks.
Let's listen to Absolute Geek. Absolute Geek. We'll go ahead and spread our cheeks. Spread the cheeks. And drink some Cosby wine. We'll drink some Cosby wine. It makes me feel real fine. See you next time on the Absolute Geek.